Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. Welcome, everyone, to the Tori Sess Show. I'm your host, Tori. Today is August 6, 2019. It's Tuesday. Tomorrow's Wednesday. And Monday seemed to not want to go by. I don't know if it was just me, but this week it seems really, really slow. And very, very busy and noisy. Busy and noisy in the sense there's so much going on that it feels like a painting where you add too much color and it just gets muddy, right? We don't know what we're not supposed to be focusing on. It seems that there is so much information out there that they are distracting us from what is important. I mean, it's apparent we're talking about all these shootings, uh, which, you know, I pray that all the victims uh, find peace themselves. Their souls are at peace. But what is the difference between the shootings that happened in El Paso, the shootings that happened in Ohio, and the 55 murdered in Chicago in just one day? Those unspoken names, those statistics that nobody talks about in a state that has banned and outlawed guns. The state with no weapons, 55 murders in a span of a day from guns. Yet we have the Democrats pushing for stripping us of our Second Amendment rights claiming that they're going to be sending people to our house, police to our house to collect the guns <laughs> over our dead bodies. The minute any police officer tries to intrude on a gun owner's home to retrieve their weapons, they have the right by law to defend themselves. This is why we have the Second Amendment. It's not so much so that you can, uh, you know, shoot a crazy insane person with a gun it's not to just be at the right place at the right time and take out a murderer no it's not the second amendment was in place to defend the first amendment and we're going to talk about that in other countries censorship has gone full-blown through the courts so the first amendment is first for a reason we should have the right to express ourselves either via word music TV, radio, you name it, we should be able to do it. It's called free speech. As long as it doesn't impose or cause harm to another, mainly inciting violence, right? That can't be considered free speech when you incite violence. Or, um, I mean, telling someone they're fat, you know, is not 
you know, hate speech. Telling someone they're a loser is not hate speech. Okay, that's not hate speech. Well, first of all, what is hate speech? It's a made up term. It's speech that says, oh, you hate me. (laughs) So there's billions of people on this planet. Not everyone's going to like you. There's going to be people that detest people in overalls, that detest people in hats, that detest people that are gay, that detest lesbians, that detest bisexuals, that detest heterosexuals, that detest gingers, right? How many... I say this because my daughter, she has a boyfriend who's a ginger. But I, you know, I mean, there is so much out there that you can take offense to. So what do we do? Cater to everyone and just, you know, you know, just neutralize, neuter our language, our feelings, our thoughts. That, That doesn't make sense. So we have a lot going on and it is so congested right now globally so this isn't just here it's not just here in the united states where where we have them pushing rhetoric that makes absolutely no sense like they are retweeting things like white supremacy and it's trump's fault that they're shooting and this and the dayton ohio guy was praised donald trump and i'm thinking are they talking about a different shooter because the shooter we know totally would kiss elizabeth warren's feet Loved Antifa, probably Antifa himself. A Satanist, totally not a Trumper. So why are they peddling these lies? Because they know that the people that will listen to them, the crazy people, the ones that actually pick up the guns and go shooting, right? The ones that want you to give them free stuff. The ones that don't want to work. The ones that don't know what gender they are. Those people will listen because they won't bother to do their homework. They've been spoon-fed all their life and that is all they want they want a government that will spoon feed them and tell them how everything's gonna be okay and cuddle them and make all the big bad people that don't understand how confused they are go away Mm. that's who they're pandering to so there is a lot that i'm seeing that is totally flying under the radar completely so on a global scale we have a few countries that have implemented law, like their courts have banned any media that's not state media. You know, we have Africa on fire, literally, uh, you know, on what's going on through Kenya. Did you guys know that we don't even have an ambassador appointed for Somalia that would usually sit in Kenya? Yeah, for real, we don't. Since 2017, the dude was fired and never came back so it was it's it's super duper weird we do have a special envoy who i think we should change um you know he's coined um is he coined ambassador yates uh or maybe they just didn't update it on the u.s department of state but apparently he is I don't see how he's still there. But anyway, we don't have one on the regular U.S. mission page to Somalia. Oh, and it's not updated. So the previous one was John Yates, who was, you know, appointed by Condoleezza Rice. We don't have one now. The only envoy that we have going out there is, um, oh, yeah, it was Michael Schwartz. Sorry. Before him. That was fired September 29, 2017. Super funny. (laughs) Let me just say something. In September of 2017, 
President Trump fired a lot of ambassadors and all of the ambassadors to like all these weird, these um, weird relationship type countries. So it would be Somalia or Russia, the Ukraine, and like all of them were switched in September. Now in Somalia, he was terminated and no one was replaced. So James Swan, who was, you know, present when the last bombing happened at the hotel, you know, the third one within two weeks that they had in Somalia, he was actually present. He's actually ambassador of Congo. Uh, he's not a UN missionary like people were saying. Uh, he is actually the ambassador of Congo, uh, the U.S. ambassador to Congo. And, um, you know, he... Uh, you know, was in Djibouti before that, etc. So pretty interesting stuff because we've got Africa on the map. I've told you that. Uh, we all know that our um, government in 2017 under Trump ceased uh, to provide aid to Somalia, but I just found out that actually it was restarted. It's pretty insane. We'll talk about that in the later in in last uh, you know half hour of the show because uh, I'm actually um, putting it together in an article with Laura so that we can publicize that uh, section. I'm just trying to get a few more tidbits of information to add before that goes live. Um, so we also have um, Libya. Now the UN is like, oh, maybe we don't need refugee centers, you know, where we've planted this GNA army. Uh, what else do we have going wrong? Iran. Iran is going nuts. It has everybody on their toes and everybody is dying to kind of get on their side. Uh, we have... Um, you know, Saudi Arabia pretty much laughing at Qatar. Uh, our troops, the 500 troops that we sent to Saudi Arabia to flank the area of Qatar are in place. We have a huge meeting between Israel, Cyprus, Greece, and the United States talking about Turkey, talking about energy uh, coming up tomorrow. All four of them will be in Greece and they will be discussing energy solutions. And, uh, you know, I have told you that there is a huge problem in the Eastern Mediterranean with what? Turkey stealing oil, Turkey drilling oil in other people's territory. So that's going on. We have the European Union. They don't even know if they're coming or going. And then we've got China. See, I wanted to say something on this quickly um, before we kind of just delve into it. This is kind of just the bullet point. But China has been hacking us, has been the threat always, never Russia. Uh, like Russia would hack, but like who cares? Like they were doing their own thing and they were in control, okay? We have to be realistic when we look at other countries and their, you know, positions. It's like people are like, Saudi Arabia did all this to us. And it's like, look, if Saudi Arabia wanted to get rid of you, would have done it before. These are people with solid gold toilets. So stop. You know, we have to, you know, give credit where credit is due, right? On being the villain, China's big villain. China is sort of trying to ride the wave out, like I said yesterday. Um, and it was great to hear the president say it. It was great to hear Lou Dobbs say it because they, like I've been saying, they're just going to sit back and kind of drag their feet on this deal and kind of be going back and forth. It's not going to work for them because they've devalued their currency enough. And China is in a really big 
um, is in difficulty right now. You know, they're finding it very difficult. North Korea, on the other hand, you haven't heard anything about that, have you? No, but I have. Uh, they've initiated some new trade with other countries. We'll talk about that. Um, Japan, haven't heard a peep from them, right, since the summit. They're working on things. They're actually trying to negotiate with China to stop being so, oh, I'm going to wait and see how this pans out because I think maybe there's an opportunity that President Trump won't be elected. And it's like, in what universe are you insane? Like, why would anyone vote for any Democrat? Like, you see people attacking President Trump. I'm just saying. You see all these clowns online attacking President Trump. He's this, he's that, he's this. And it's like, all right, buddy. All right. Let's pretend that President Trump is a racist. He's He hates women. He hates black people, brown people, polka dot people. Okay, you're right. So who do you want me to vote for? Kamala Harris, who wants to take away my private health insurance that my, uh, you know, uh, employer provides me so that way the government can have full control of my health um, who else am I going to vote for Cory Booker who wants to take 70% taxes of mine and make me a vegetarian and vegan because he likes it Beto O'Rourke who's sitting there laughing while people in his own town were being shot up really who am I going to vote for tell me who Joe Biden so I can feel up my kids sniff their hair and tell me how a great job he's doing when eight years in the White House as VP they trashed our country like who am I going to vote for the the stoner from Colorado that can't put two words together the cat lady Marianne who am I going to vote for I mean you're sitting there telling me how bad this president is give me a candidate that can replace are you going to tell me Yang nope not his time because See, I feel bad for Yang. He's running with the wrong party, first of all. And second of all, he's coming at a time that he shouldn't. Because if, by any chance, he was elected anytime soon, like not this, you know, we're, we know he's not winning these elections. But they, say he wins the next one, it's going to be detrimental because he is not coming in at the right time. So he's going to be ahead of his time and his administration will fail because he will not be able to execute the things that he wants to execute. I'm just saying, I like him. I do. Even though he's Chinese, I like him. Even though the Chinese are pouring a lot of money into Yang, people are not seeing it. Now everyone's saying, whoa, what happened? Yang is like moving on up there. I told you so. Uh, you know, China is behind him. They were the ones advertising his run before it was even advertised in the United States. I mean, pay attention. He is the only threat, only threat. But unfortunately, even though I like him and even though he's Chinese, right? He's not a globalist. Okay, he is about borders and he is about money. He likes to make money. So that's why I like him. He has a little bit of a business acumen. Uh, he knows how to make money. He's just not right now. That's the thing. I don't hate him. He says a lot of things just to pander to the left. But he's like a closet Trumper. Like if you read what he says, it's like, mm. you know, I was trained in this stuff. I look at his body language. I read in between the lines and I'm like, oh, he's a closet Trumper. He is what a nation needs, but not right now. He's way too early. We are not in that place right now because at the moment, geospatially, we are screwed. We have enemies that we call allies, allies that we call enemies, we don't know if we're going or coming as a country uh, in relation with other people. So we need to reel that in, rebuild and, and beef up our infrastructure. And then we can look at things that Yang is talking about. Universal basic income would be kind of like the money that you get in Alaska for living there. Hey, 
you know, your state's making money. So here's some money. So this one will be, hey, your country's making a lot of money because we're taxing these people that are not giving human jobs. So here's some money. You see what I'm saying? Hmm. Oh, let me apologize. Uh, first of all, if you hear any like silence, I might be muting my microphone. Because on Sunday, when I landed in um, Minneapolis, um, I didn't realize that I had ruptured my eardrum. <laughs> um, it was only until I got to the hotel in the wee hours of the morning, I took a shower, and when I got up, I felt like I had a bit of an ear pain. I think water probably got into it. But I didn't notice anything in regards to hearing deficiency because it's actually an ear that was injured a while back, so it's like clinically completely deaf. So I had to feel the pain. So if you hear a muting thing, it's probably because I'm coughing. So there, um, cause it's probably, I, yeah, I probably got sick. Um, so I just wanted to point that out just in case there's bouts of silence. It's me coughing. So moving along. So where are we right now as a nation? Where are we? Think of it on a global scale. You're just looking at a globe right now in front of you. Where are we? Uh, do we have friends in Europe? Uh, heck no. Do we have friends in Africa? Not really. Do we have friends in Australia? Uh-uh. No, no, no. Where are our friends? Believe it or not. They're in the Eastern European nations. They're in Asia. They're in, you know, they're in Asia, period. This is all we got. Maybe Antarctica. <laughs> the penguins like us i'm just saying we don't have many friends because we have just killed the plan that they had which was to create this one united open you know government it is very difficult for people to fathom that because if you look at a map and you isolate our country mexico we don't really get along that well. I mean, we do in a sense that we got to keep the peace. Canada, not really get along that well. We got, you know, if you're looking on the map, you know, west of California, we got uh, Japan. We've got North Korea, South Korea. Very quiet. Told you about that, right? Uh, we've got um, Pakistan. We've got Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan has to because Kazakhstan is actually the center of the European Council. A lot of people don't know that, which is super weird. And it's a super creepy place because it literally has structures that mimic the White House. So that freaks me out. Kind of like I kind of thought when I first saw it, I'm like, it's got pyramids. It's got Egyptian influence. It's got all this weird and very... Um, long-lasting structure like if there was like a flood or you know a nuclear war or something those would stand they're like made really well um and then like a white house mimic and then the rose garden mimic i kid you not so astana so kazakhstan russia okay we've got um bulgaria we've got um poland we have uh Greece, we have Cyprus, we have Italy, we have Israel, we have Jordan, we have Egypt, um, we have Iraq, actually, believe it or not, uh, Saudi Arabia, Oman, wow, those are the only friends we have. So if you're looking at a map, that's all you see. Think about it for a second. And then you wonder, well, they're larger, there are more countries, why don't they just take us out? They can't. Because we are one of the most powerful militaries. Unfortunately for them, the first thing the president did was ramp that up. The first thing he did was invest in that. And so that 
has been fixed in the sense of, okay, we're getting rid of the losers, we're beefing up our weapons, we're beefing up our military, we're recruiting aggressively, not so much quantity, but quality, and um, we're on top of this. So right now, what we're trying to do is get them on the same page with us to understand that each country should be able to stand on its own. It should be independent. It shouldn't be dependent on others. Others shouldn't be dictating our trade. Others shouldn't be dictating what we do in our nation. Obviously, if you're committing mass murders and beheading your people, you know, obviously we would have to step in and be like, yo, you know, this isn't right. We're going to hold you accountable. These are human beings. You don't do that. But if they want women to be, you know, suppressed and wear hijabs, their business, they want to cut off hands of robbers, their business. They want to stone people, not good, but their business, not ours, right? Their business. We try to keep it separate. You want to be Catholic? Great. You want to be Christian? Great. You want to be Pastafarian? You do you? Boo-boo. That is what we need to get everyone on page with. You make great beef. Gimme. I make great oranges. Take it. This is how we do trade. We don't do, well, let's see. You you tell your people to make this and I'll tell my people to make this and then we'll trade. And it's like, why? Why can't we just all compete? And if we got better prices, then hmm. that is where we need to sort things out on a global level. We can't we can't move forward, I would say, as a nation if we a don't invest in our infrastructure which would be components not just like bridges roads trains but our military right so we need to focus on that then and and parallel we have to focus on the global relations we need to suss out who's really our friend what we can do because right now it feels like you know, if I, let's pretend you were in a neighborhood, say the planet was a neighborhood and I was the president of the United States, I'd be like, okay, we're moving to Mars. I, I'm not even going to deal with this. This is a hot mess. We're moving. This world is just way too small for me. Let's just take the country and go because they are a hot mess. They're so interconnected and interweave with all these um, vicious and nefarious and poison toxic relations between each other where everyone's backstabbing i just don't want to mess with it and this is what president trump has been trying to undo over the past you know almost three almost three years and he's been doing a good job actually difficult though why because the oh the people of in our house in our senate are fighting him see if they were helping it would be different if they were helping saying, all right, all right, whatever. He's the boss. He's my boss. Let me follow through, you know? And this morning I had a conversation with someone. People were talking about Crenshaw. I talked about him before. I was like, unfollow. First of all, let me say something. As someone who served in the Navy, I could tell you, I hated the fact that they called me a sailor. I hated it. I see myself as a water soldier, a water warrior, a soldier, even though I didn't spend much time on boats. But the bottom line is Crenshaw is a soldier, okay? And for the person that wanted to correct me, no, it's a sailor. Sailors are people that sweep decks. Sailors are those that are fishermen, right? Sailors are on commercial boats. Sailors are not on frigates with guns because now they finally have OCPs. We changed that. They are 
you know, strong water warriors. I, I loathe the word sailor because it demeans, you know, their ability to fight when they're one of the most vicious arms of our, you know, armed forces. Obviously, we have the army that goes in, right? But the Navy does everything. Air, water, land, and sub. Uh, you know, subterranean and sub in waters, bubble heads. So, you know, I loathe it. Crenshaw, for example, total infiltration I said it because anyone that is a seal nevertheless to flip on your commanding officer in uniform or in without I mean he's he's the boss to flip the way he did and speak against him indicates his true intentions which is just about him has nothing to do with anyone else he's like look at me I'm a veteran write book look at me look at me and I'm the best and then he gets in there and does exactly the opposite of why people voted him in so uh, not only that we have infiltrators so our president is trying to undo this horrific knot it's like those knots that you get on your sneakers where you're just like I'm just gonna cut it because I'm just not going to deal with it. That's the kind of not mess the world is in right now from an intelligence aspect, from a trade aspect, from a debt aspect, from a relations aspect, for, from intellectual property aspect to technology aspect. You name it, we're in a knot. And President Trump is trying to undo it. And then we have clowns like Crenshaw, like Hoven, like Pelosi, like, uh, you know, Schiff, like uh, Lindsey Graham, all of them making their own little knots within that huge knot. And it's like oh it's never ending vote these clowns out get them out we need people that want to fix things we need people that will stand by their values no matter what no matter what gets tossed in their face they still stand even with the egg even with the mud and say I don't care people still listen to me because I don't care what you throw at me I'll fix it you know so this is where we're at we're trying to fix this mess this hot mess and what we see is that we're he is getting attacked everywhere from the media too so right after this break I want to kind of discuss the shootings the way it was covered the way it was pushed what Kellyanne had to say the whole teleprompter com- comment by Comey he needs to get whipped for that <laughs> um, and then we'll start to fall in with the actual happenings on a f- on a on a global scale that nobody's talking about. I'll see you all in just a bit. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot, on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn Jr., and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our Legal Defense Fund. Any donation is welcome. To donate, go to www.mikeflynndefensefund.org. Thank you, and God bless America. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My Pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable My Pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My Pillow stays cool and does not go flat. 
Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. MyPillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. MyPillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. MyPillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code REDSTATE. That's 1-800-961-9194, promo code REDSTATE. Put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow, the most comfortable pillow you will ever own. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 1-800-707-1219. And welcome back to the Tory Says Show. So what we need to talk about is what the media has done and orchestrated along with these 2020 candidates that are insane. I mean, we should just slap them with lawsuits as individuals of this nation that are really, really upset with what they're doing. So uh, this is something that I believe that we should be doing and taking it on because they're getting away with just saying whatever they want. Um, Tomorrow's show, I'm going to talk and break down what the term white supremacy really means, where it derived from, and how I've been working on this while I was traveling. And yesterday I was working on it since I couldn't sleep because my ear hurt. (laughs) Um, And it's pretty interesting because when you see how this term was born and how they're bringing it in, and they're recycling it every summer. And that, uh, from a human nature perspective, is pretty incredible. Because if you look back on any of your old posts from like July, August of uh, you know 2018 and 2017, you'll see that the rhetoric going was white supremacy and white privilege. And it seems to be going all the way up to September and then nothing. And that's because uh, human beings in the northern hemisphere are more receptive to... Um, messages and open when the weather is nicer this is why we'll go out more this is why we'll hang out well obviously because the weather's open and you could go out and it's hot and you like it but it's more so because of that because you're more out there because you're more outgoing uh, you're more receptive to subliminal push or constant rhetoric so if you hear something 24 7 at some point you're going to believe it Uh, so let me play this clip from fox talking And they did a really good summary and um, playing clips of what the media has actually done in regards to these deadly mass shootings. In the wake of those two horrific shootings over the weekend. Good morning, everyone. I'm Sandra Smith. And I'm Rick Leventhal in for Bill Hemmer. The president will be heading down to Texas and Ohio tomorrow to join those two communities in mourning right now. But 2020 Democrats refusing to back down from their attack, saying the president has not done enough on gun control, suggesting his rhetoric is to blame. Kelly and Conway firing back saying whatever the president does, it will never be enough for Democrats. 
people are allowing nonstop uh, punditry by at least two of the presidential can Democratic presidential hopefuls. Beta will work from the Vanity Fair magazine cover to the Vanity Project candidacy out there screaming and cursing about President Trump. That doesn't heal a single soul. That doesn't help prevent another mass shooting. They're raising their profile. And Elizabeth Warren yesterday was raising money for Senate candidates Doug Jones and Tina Smith. She's raising money in an email appeal talking about the mass shooting. This is a disgrace, and if nobody else is going to talk about it, I'm going to talk about it. They all blamed him, and I want to name and shame them now because he did not respond in kind. They want to be president. He is the president, and he's trying to bring the country together. Rich Edson is live at the White House where the administration is battling back against critics. Rich? Hey, good morning, Rick. And the White House wants Congress to return. Democrats say Republicans should work with them on gun control legislation that's already passed the House. Earlier this week, the president promised to give law enforcement whatever they needed to address domestic terrorism. He also tweeted that Congress should pass strong background checks and then suggested they marry that with any gun legislation and immigration reform. The White House criticized Democrats and said Congress should scrap at least some of its summer break. We can't get our advice from people screaming on TV. Those who are elected to do their jobs here in Washington really should either return to Congress or come here to the White House to speak to the president. Around here where the president works constantly, we wonder why they leave for six weeks in the first place. But their constituents can ask them that question. Congressional Democrats are throwing this one back at the Republican-controlled Senate, urging Majority Leader Mitch McConnell to bring up a bill the House passed in February to expand background checks. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer say, quote, Senate Republican Leader Mitch McConnell has called himself the Grim Reaper and refuses to act on this bipartisan legislation. It is incumbent upon the Senate to come back into session to pass this legislation immediately. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell says he's directed Senate committees to reflect on the subjects the president has raised to work on solutions without infringing on Americans' constitutional rights. The White House says President Trump will, pa will travel to El Paso and Dayton tomorrow. For now, it seems to be a quiet day at the White House. There are no public events on the president's schedule. Rick? Rick Jetson, thanks very much. Over in Ohio, we are awaiting a news conference from the governor at this hour. He is expecting... Wait, before um, they do this, I just wanted to say the president is actually going to these places. He's going to uh, meet uh, with the victims, meet with the people. You've never seen... Did you see Barack go to any of these? No. Did you see anything of that nature? No. But for some reason, he's a bad president. For some reason, it's bad that he's going over there. The problem that we have with domestic terrorism is huge. Antifa is a domestic terrorist organization. I can tell you that if Antifa was to be deemed a domestic terrorist organization, a lot of these shootings would stop because the majority of them would lead back to their group. Because right now, if Antifa was actually labeled a terrorist organization, the people that worked with the Dayton, Ohio shooter, the people that he corresponded with would all be arrested. They would all be put together because you're you 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 know that they've all talked about this. So this is something that needs to happen now. 
let's take a listen to what else they have to say about the Dayton, uh, Ohio shooting victims. Fired at least 41 rounds in 30 seconds before officers were able to kill him. Let's bring in Ohio Attorney General Dave Yost. He joins us now. Um, we're happy that you were able to uh, join us on the program this morning. What, first of all, can you tell us to expect as far as any changes to the gun laws in your state following the shooting? Okay, so before Fox News continues with their gun-grabbing rhetoric, let's talk about something specific. If you guys see the CCTV camera footage, you will see that it just so happened that at the time of the shooting, how lucky and what a coincidence, there was a Jeep, a police Jeep, parked in the alley flanking the bar that the guy went to shoot up at. Again, I remind you that Joe Biden had a slip and said Michigan. He didn't confuse himself because from what I know, another attack in Michigan was thwarted. You know, you would almost think that these were coordinated, that they weren't just random. Why did they congest our feeds? You'll understand why as we have our discussion today. Well, the governor, as you mentioned, is going to uh, outline his ideas uh, this hour, and so we'll all be watching to see uh, what he wants to put on the table. So as soon as we have those and as soon as we hear what it is that he is proposing, we'll bring that to our viewers. Uh, meanwhile, what can you tell us is the latest on the investigation? What are we learning today about the shooter and what went down outside that bar? <sighs> Well, we've entered the shoe leather phase of this investigation. Um, there's a lot of routine police work about reassembling the life and the events leading up to this horrific event. Um, and a key question that remains to be solved is, uh, did the shooter intend to kill his own sister? Uh, does it have uh, something to do with his uh, mental state or his motivation? Today, my people are in Dayton uh, for the next 12 hours at the convention center to work with the families of uh, the victims of this uh, tragedy. Um, we have a variety of services and uh, can help uh, fund some of the uh, expenses and losses that occur after a crime. And uh, we're gonna be on the ground reaching out to help those grieving folks. We, as a country, continue to mourn and grieve with those that lost their loved ones, their friends, their family members on that day. When it comes to the killer, you mentioned his sister because we know that she is among the victims. The investigation turned up anything on that? Uh, we are all waiting to uh, hear what comes up uh, out of the next few days of police shoe leather. As far as the shooters, this kill list, this rape list um, that he apparently had while he was still in school, what more can you tell us? Who was this person? Well, he was actually suspended for that hit list. Um, a lot of people are asking questions about um, whether these should have been red flags. Um, it's some time in the past, and the police chief there and Dayton has uh, questioned how close the nexus is. Um, but these are all questions that uh, need to be asked, need to be investigated, and uh, really raise the importance of uh, 
people reacting uh, appropriately when they see this kind of behavior. Very disturbing sort of thing. And as far as this Twitter feed that is apparently an account uh, that was held by the shooter, uh, belonged to him, holding very extreme views on socialism, uh, anti-police messages, support for Antifa. What more can you tell us about how he existed in a social media atmosphere and the red flags that were there? Well, I will defer to the investigators to release their information as it's appropriate. All right, let's talk about red flags for a second, okay? Let's talk about red flags. Red flags is a problem. Red flags is a way that allows the government to take away your right to defend yourself because they feel that you're an issue. In my state, they had one where people can report you. So like, say I'm not friends with someone and someone says, yo, she's crazy and she has guns. The police will just come to my house and take my guns. Uh, no, uh, you can't do that. So where is the line? Like, how do we determine who can have guns and who cannot have guns? Do we provide guns to people that are on antidepressants? Do we provide guns to people on anxiety meds? Do we provide guns to people that are autistic? Do we provide guns to people that have, you know, psychiatric issues? Do we provide guns to people that dress like goths? Do we provide guns to people that don't know what gender they are? Uh, who makes that determination? I mean, Years ago, guns used to be sitting around in lockers and schools on your house table, uh, you know, in your car, in the back of your truck. Nobody did anything with it. Nobody was dying. No mass shootings. What's going on now? The problem is not guns. It is society itself. The minute you have taken family and destroyed it, the minute you have taken foundation, biological foundations, and you're allowing kids to question them, the minute you as a parent forfeit your right to raise your child and hand it over to the government, that's it. Society is the biggest problem, not the guns. Society. That boy, could his mom spank him? When he was bad, nope. CPS will be called. Could his mom punish him when he was bad? Probably not. Could his mom, you know, force him to study more, tell him you're not going to go play outside like they care anymore, kids don't like to go out, or anything, you know, if, you know, he was acting up? Probably not. Because parents these days are lazy. They pump out kids and think, that's it, I got a kid, and they do not participate. One will say, well, you're really busy, it's not like you participate. I'll tell you what, I've got two kids, and the majority of their younger lives, especially for my eldest one, I was traveling, I was busy, I would drop my child off with my parents, or she would stay with my husband, and I'm talking just about the older one for now. And yet she turned out fine. Why? Because even though I may have been on the other side of the world, I'd be on the phone and be like, why'd you get a B? That's unacceptable. Your only job is to learn. Your job is to you know, get as much information, figure out what you like. If you don't like composition, 
It means that you don't like reading. And if you don't like reading, then maybe you're not reading the right things. And suddenly she's all about books. She found what she likes because parents should be active. You see a kid that's good with their hands, take them to a woodworking shop, Uh, take them to a machinist shop, encourage them, be active in their life, teach them what values are. You know, when they fall down, you know, uh, when boys used to fall down, dads would be like, suck it up, suck up your snot and get up. I did the same thing for my kids. There was this thing where some guy threw his kid in the ocean and it almost died or something. Um, and he was a bad parent. Apparently I did the same thing to both my kids. I chucked them in there. Obviously I was there until, you know, when they were babies so they can learn how to swim. This is natural parenting. I mean, I'm just saying we should be parents. We destroyed that. How are you going to raise them to respect life if you're promoting abortion? How do you expect them to, pr- to, to, to respect you when you lock your mother up in a nursing home because you're too busy to deal with her? How do you expect them to be good human beings, to be sane human beings, and to have their own identity if you do not guide them, right? Both of my kids, totally different people. Totally different. Just like any of you listening that have kids, totally different. One of them loves books, doesn't really like talking to a lot of people, but still an extrovert, but still doesn't like talking to a lot of people. Uh, Smart, knows what she likes and doesn't like. My other one, super outgoing, says she's going to be president, Uh, loves to talk about everyone, loves to dance, sing, do all the girly things you could think of. The other one doesn't. Both of them got the same guidance from me. Why are they different? Because my guidance wasn't telling them who to be. It was telling them how to be a good person. And this is what parents don't do anymore. They don't instill values because they don't have values themselves. When you see your mom, right? Mm, Promoting abortion. Why would you respect life if she says, well, you know, it didn't come out yet, so it's not really human, so we could kill it. And as a child, it's receptive of, but it is life, but it isn't. Okay, so then some lives is okay to take and others not. When you see parents saying, oh my God, I hate you. You're so racist. And, you know, young children will sit and say, well, that wasn't really racist. Yes, it was. It was so like this and so like that. How do you expect them to respect other people and other races. You know, these are things that are really happening. This is the problem we have with gun laws. Tell you, if that kid got a whooping when he was younger, when he was making hit lists, I see a kid of mine with a hit list, they'd be knocked upside the head. I'd be like, what are you doing? Now you sit here and write down 300 times, I'm a loser, so I'm creating hit lists because I feel insecure that other people are better than me, so I just think that life is nothing more than my right to take or something. Make them understand what they're saying. Translate it for them. Oh, he got suspended. Where's his mom? Where's his dad? And let's pretend he's in the system. Where are the real educators? Where are the real counselors? To give him some real advice, not pet him like he's made out of glass, but guide him correctly and say, look, what are you doing? You're like a kid. Why do you have a hit list? You think taking people out is going to fix your problems? That's not going to fix your problem. This is what we lack. Honesty. 
What we lack is parenting. What we lack is the basics. Now we're telling kids, oh, I know you were born a boy, but you don't really have to be a boy. You could be whatever you want. You could be a cat. You can identify as a girl. How are we raising adults that know what's right from wrong if we're throwing away basic notions? And, you know, I had this conversation with someone at the airport, super liberal. And she was like, oh, that's so racist against gay people. For what? A five-year-old doesn't know who they want to have sex with. They don't even have their adult teeth yet. Why should they talk about it? Why should they think about it? Now, when you're 15, 16, and you're attracted to the same sex, that's your thing. You do it in your bedroom, behind closed doors, in a car, in a park. I don't care. That has nothing to do with who you are as a person. You know, do you like having a lot of sexual partners? Will that define you as how you do your work? Not really, unless, you know, you're always out at the bar and you're drunk. You're not really going to hold down a job because you can't go to work in the morning. But I don't see why they identify or they wear that out there. Like, oh, I sleep with, you know, same sex. Or, oh, you know, I dress up like a girl sometimes. Or, oh, I dress up like a man. Nobody cares. You do you, whatever keeps you happy. But at the moment, we're seeing all these shootings from all these people that are constant. They're they're insane, period. And it's not their fault. These are children that have been raised to be insane by their parents. I don't care if the parent said, well, I was a good guy, you know, like the other guy had a Tesla. What kind of fruity conservative has a Tesla? Tell me. How many of you out there that are conservatives would justify a Tesla. None of you. I mean, I have to say that the winter one, when I sat in it, and I, I really liked it, it was like raising and all this, totally love it. But the cost doesn't justify, what do we, I could spend the same money on that Tesla and buy three huge Chevy trucks that are monsters. You know, real conservatives, people with actual values, won't spend a fortune on a fluffy car. So these are things we need to be looking at, guys, that it's the family unit that was broken. It's the values that are broken. It's not the laws. We don't need a law to tell someone you shouldn't be shooting people up in a bar. You shouldn't be shooting up people in the produce section in Walmart. You can make a million laws. And if someone's been raised the way they're being raised, which so many are, I don't care what you say, they're still going to be shooting people up in a produce section, still shooting people up in a bar, because there is no foundation for these young children that are being raised and coming into adulthood confused AF. They have no idea if they're going or coming. They have no value for life. They have no value for everyone. They learn disrespect. They disrespect everything. They've had no discipline. No discipline. And that is a concern. You know how I would fix it if I was President Trump? <laughs> Seriously. I would totally make military service mandatory. I would say, if you want to go to college for free, we'll pay for it. You sign a contract for four years and you have free college. We're not going to give you money back. You go, you sign up, it's completely free. We pay the bill. Whatever college you get into, just go. You know, I would make it mandatory. And if you're not going mandatory... Um, you know, I would have other incentives to make you want to go mandatory. Then you can just cop out as a medical. Then you wouldn't be able to ever get a federal job. You wouldn't be able to do anything, but at least in a way I would be able to give some discipline. I think maybe bring back, bringing in mandatory service 
even if it's for just a year, for those that don't want to do the full four years for free college, even if it's just a year, maybe that one year at boot camp, either in the Navy, Space Force, Air Force, or Army, or Coast Guard, will give them the discipline, the discipline they need to be proper citizens. Because this is the problem. They can talk about red flags. They could talk about laws. They could talk about confiscation. They could say, oh, I don't like this gun. You could have a Glock, but you can't have a Smith Wesson. You can have this kind of rifle, but not that one. You can have this scope, but not that scope. No, we don't need that. What we need is to raise responsible people. My kids have access to guns. You don't see them shooting up people. Your kids have access to guns. You don't see them shooting up people. So what's wrong with these kids? They don't have values. They don't value life. They think that they can take what they believe they deserve because this is how these snot-nosed, multicolored, I don't know what gender I am people think, that the world owes them something. The, the world owes you nothing. You work for everything you have. For those children that are born into families where the... Mm, where the parents are, you know, drug addicts, they're in poverty, single mom, 20 kids w- living on welfare. Yeah, you were dealt a really crappy hand. But it's up to you how you work with it as you grow up. How, what access you have. And we have failed as well. We have public schools, right? We've failed them, haven't we? Because it's for those children that we offer counseling services. It's for those children that we offer food at school rather than oblige the parents to pack them lunch. It is for those children that we're supposed to be there. And instead of putting people there that can be role models, instead of putting people, teachers, counselors, guidance, you know, anything in our schools that can show them discipline, that can advise them how the world is their oyster and they can achieve anything no matter where they come from. Because every massive tree, every redwood tree came from where? Dirt. From under dirt. From deep inside, underground. They came from the darkness and sprouted up to light. That is what every single person can do. No matter where you are, you can sprout. And if we only had those types of people in our schools, we would be able to facilitate it for those children that are in, you know, family units that are not supporting of them or that are in family units that have crazy parents that promote murdering children, that promote third term, third trimester abortions. It's not even an abortion. It's murder that have no values. That's the problem. Not the guns, not the laws society and what have we done to fix that after the break we'll get into the hot mess that we're being distracted from welcome to red state talk radio You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news.
Real news. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. So tomorrow, like we said in the first hour, the president will be going to El Paso and Dayton, Ohio, to discuss and see uh, what is going on, how everything is going on. I suggest that all of us in unison say the problems is not guns. You can make a million laws. It's society. We need to fix society. People are sick. All these people running the show are sick. And what we need to do is put our foot down and make it clear. Now, we have an underlying, there is underlying chaos right now. So I want you to visualize the mass shootings, the New York Times putting out a favorable title about President Trump and getting struck down, the white supremacist narrative, the Democrats going insane, Nadler demanding to see grand jury information. I want you to picture that as poop floating at the top of the water. Now, or you know what? Let's let's think of the blue algae that covers the <laughs> the water bodies in California where you can't see the water and it's just there, okay? So let's pretend it's all algae at the top. So you don't even know what is under that. You just see algae. But you know it's water. You know it's fluid. You know it's moving. You know it's there. You probably don't know how deep it is. If it has fish or not, probably dead, <laughs> asphyxiated by the algae. But anyway, but you know it's there. What is going on? What is going on underwater? So we have the Democrats in pure panic mode. They already know they do not have a candidate to put up. They already know that President Trump is going to be elected, but they are pulling all cards, all favors, all money, China, 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 Europe, 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 to make sure somebody wins. So we even have people of our own, elected people of our own, knowingly spreading false information. Are they our own in regards to our camp? No, they're just Americans. And you know, just like we say sheeple for those that like to be spoon fed, those that want to depend on the government, those that, you know, if they rent an apartment and, you know, their faucet leaks, they're going to quickly call the landlord, come and fix it because they have no idea what to do. Those people are the ones that listen and obey. But believe it or not, we have a lot of puppets hanging out in elected seats, hanging out within our mainstream media, and they just go. And you know, uh, people need to understand that you should have the ability to critically and objectively look at what is going on. So I'm going to tell you what's going on. So we've, the House is in recess, but for some reason, the Democrats are all meeting. Think about it. So that's one. Number two, we have people within the White House right now that are really worried about their position, and they should be. We have Epstein. Do you think canaries sing? Wait till Epstein starts because we've got it all. I mean, 
I've already got on the FOIA when he was a CIA asset. I'm not saying he's an FBI asset. I'm telling you he's clown agency asset. FISA to be coming. Durham is coming, right? All of these things are coming. So one would have to think, what is happening? Tons, 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 tons of things are happening, right? You know, Voter ID, again, white supremacy is being used with voter ID. I kid you not, my Facebook and my Instagram had voter ID things every summer from 2016, 2017, 2018. Uh, uh, Voter ID and white supremacy coming around again, right? They know that they're done. So they are pulling every card they can think of. Michigan thwarted hmm we paying attention (laughs) it seems like we're reliving the same thing every summer can you see the the process no we have a praying president we have a president that has all he needs and it's not that he has the evidence that they did wrong first of all that's not what's going to come out when ag bar comes in strikes It's not going to be, oh, you did this and we have evidence of this because it's really hard to prove intent, even though they commit a crime. But an actual crime is hiding exculpatory evidence. Now there you will have a problem, a huge problem. So this is going on domestically. House, recess, but they're meeting, right? Obama starting to beef up again. Everyone's going to Africa. Our U.S. Africa teams getting beefed up. Meetings, all Eastern Med, Middle East, Africa, right? Russia playing both ends. Here's how we're going to analyze this so you get it. Let's start with Iran. Take a listen to what Rouhani said today. Peace with Iran is the mother of peace. War with Iran is the mother of all wars. If you want safety for your soldiers in the region, security would be for security. You cannot blemish our security and then expect security for you. Peace for peace, oil for oil. In the past, the UK ships have ignored our warnings many, many times. They used to breach regulations. Sometimes we neglect, you know, friendships and regulations. But why should we neglect? Why should we neglect your breach today? You observed, we did not. Your warship was there. Why didn't they do anything about it? You keep saying you want to deploy warships to the Persian Gulf? 
وقتی سپاه پاسداران از روی هلیکوپتر می آمدند روی این کشتی when, when the IRGC forces were descending on your ship's deck the UK warship was just observing why didn't it approach so don't make false claims security for security a straight for a straight Iran is currently negotiating. And if the United States wants to really talk, before anything else, they should lift sanctions. It's up to them if they want to return to the deal or not, the nuclear deal. We don't care. They have to lift all sanctions so that there are no longer criminals against human rights. We won't negotiate with criminals. Can we talk to a murderer? He has to stop his crimes before we can. So this was what President Hassan Roussani of Iran said this morning. And he gave this speech um, you know, uh, about the United States and about the, 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 the whole environment. And I've told you. This is the way the Persians are, right? It's an eye for an eye. Like he said, a straight for a straight. The United Kingdom nabbed their ship. I told you guys, they will be nabbing their ships. Oil for oil, he said. Peace for peace. And as you can see, Iran really doesn't care if the U.S. is in the nuclear deal or not. What they care about is the sanctions. He said it. And you could see it from his body language. They really don't care if they're in this nuclear deal or not, because they don't want our money anymore. The problem that they're having right now is that, that these sanctions are asphyxiating their economy. They can't trade, they can't sell. That is their problem. And, you know, it, one thing that came out of this, just so you guys can, can understand, is that he said the warship was right there, didn't do anything. They're all talk, no walk. But we walk the talk. And he's right. The United Kingdom doesn't want war with Iran because they got all their dirty laundry. He said, when my IRGC were landing on your deck, you were just observing. You're a cop out. This should make you understand what the dynamic is right now in the Middle East. Iran doesn't see us as a threat. They see us as a criminal. Our nation is criminally imposing on them because without them being able to trade, their economy falls. They don't have water. They don't have food. Uh, they don't have an economy. They're crushed. But on the other hand, the U.S. is like, yo, give it up. Break this down. Give them all up. And we'll work together. But Iran is sitting on the fence saying, well, you know, we're they're already talking. I'm just saying ink is already drying. But the, 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 you, what you need to understand is that Iran... Like I said to you in the first hour, look at a map. You can see that only maybe from all the land masses on the planet, our actual allies, including ourselves, make up maybe 25% of the map. The rest are all about the global order, the one new world order. So why would Iran back us when there's 75% land mass going against them? You see where I'm going? Why would they back us when they feel or they're being told or they're being peddled 
that they are more powerful than us. But this is what he was inferring to. He was saying, all right, the U.S. is doing this, but what are you guys doing? You guys are crying, you know, little girls. You're telling me that this, that, that, but you did nothing. You're saying, I'm going to send my warships. Okay, your warship was right there when we landed on your ship's deck and you did nothing. So it's put your money where your mouth is, walk the talk. The U.S. does walk their talk. They don't. So he made that clear. Uh, I wanted to decipher that for you so you understand it. Because it sounds as if he's like, oh, yeah, they're just criminals and we're trying to work together with everyone. Look at his body language. If you can find the video, if you see his body language, I think the, the, I, I was, I was uh, watching the one from The Sun. It was published today. Uh, you'll see he's like, I really don't care if they join or not. The bottom line is, you know, they're affecting us. These sanctions are criminal against us. It's against human rights. I get it. They can't buy pharmaceuticals. You know, they can't do things. And I know the United States, we're saying that we're providing this aid, right? But are we really? Because can we trust USAID? Can we trust the Red Cross? The most corrupt organizations we've seen. No, we can't. Because the USAID itself hasn't been able to balance a budget in over 15 years. They're in a deficit of a couple million and no one's holding anyone responsible. The same person responsible for balancing the budget and auditing it has been doing it for 10 years and is negative, you know, a couple million and no one bats an eyelash. I'm just saying. So that's number one. We need to recognize that it's us against literally the whole world. Because it's good versus evil. And those that we were taught were evil were actually hostages. Just like North Korea was a hostage. China wants to be good, but they're like, if we burn the bridge with bad, then we're screwed. And if we, uh, you know, go with good, we're going to have to pay for it. Because being good, as we know, doesn't always come easy, right? Being good, you know, doing the right thing isn't easy. Telling someone the truth isn't easy. You know, volunteering isn't easy. Doing things that are for good are never easy. There's no shortcuts. It's always the rough road, right? So China doesn't want to take that rough road if they don't have to because they're not 100% committed to doing good. And that's a cultural thing. So that's number one. Number two, we have this going on in Turkey. Turkey has the right to eliminate all possible threats to its sovereignty, with or without its allies. Draining the swamp of terror in northern Syria is our primary concern. As long as the terrorist network spreads like cancer along our border, with the aid of heavy weaponry supplied by our allies, Turkey will not feel safe. If we do not act now, we will have to do so later at a heavy cost. Soon, we will take the process that started with Operation Euphrates Shield and Operation Olive Branch to the next phase by establishing a peace corridor to protect our Syrian brothers. With that step, we aim to save both our country and Europe from the wave of illegal migrants. Huh. So, again, here's where we're going to kill the Kurds, right? Here's where we're going to take them out. Here's where we need to fix this, right? These, this is what they're telling you. So we've got that going on.
We've got the UN being sanctioned in Libya for having the refugee bases and making them explode or, you know, collecting them or smuggling them across the waters. So suddenly they're going to shut them all down. I thought you were all about refugee UN human rights. Nope, not about it. It was all about selling people, but they got caught. China's, uh, China's having issues with Libya too. They had some contracts fell through. Big, big problem. We've got people in our own house spreading disinformation such as, oh, guess what? The U.S. is going to invade Iran. <laughs> yes, in our own house. And then people wonder why our country is in the state that it's at. Why? It's because it's good versus evil, period. One has to understand just what is going on globally. The belly button, as I like to call it, of this planet, which is located the Eastern Med Middle East, right, is on fire. We have people that have been allies for eons fighting with each other. We have nations that are clearly supporting terrorism and we have our own people in our own house and senate trying to help it now we're going to talk about somalia i'm going to tell you about a man named prime minister hassan ali Kerr. he is the prime minister of somalia and his right hand man is ilhan omar's brother-in-law i just want to point that out now this is more of a propaganda soundbite slash film it's six minutes. I want you to pay attention to it. This is from Somalia, about Somalia in English, okay? And understand, and I'll pause it just to point out things so you see where I'm going with this. Because what people don't see is the underlying concerns. This is fairly new. It was done a couple of days ago and broadcast on Somali 24 channel. Uh, what we are seeing happening is is borders being redrawn and the last bullet in the chamber and the trigger ready to be pulled in regards to the infiltration of Hirash. And this is where they've weaponized a religion again. And this time it's Islam again. We had the Catholicism. Christianity was weaponized with Catholicism, right? Because they used it as a weapon. They used it as a way to subdue citizens. And that was wrong. <laughs> speaking of Catholicism, speaking of dead children, speaking of pedophilia, that's a whole other hour. But... Weaponizing religion, because religion is not something that is tangibly proven, but it's more inside of you. Because as human beings, we have a longing for our creator. Kind of like if you're a child, right, and you've been adopted, even though you've been raised with great parents, you still have that longing to find out where you belong. Whereas as human beings, all of us human beings have a longing to find our purpose or, uh, you know, where we come from, you know, what is our purpose? Why were we created? Why are we different than any other mammal on this planet? Why can we think differently? Why do we do differently? 
We don't belong here, even though our DNA is shared with everything. We seem like we're aliens, even though your DNA is actually shared by a banana. Honest. So you have to think about it. Everything on this planet we share DNA with, portions of our DNA with, but we look nothing like it. We don't have any innate um, ability to protect ourselves. You know, we don't have fur or hard skin or anything, right? Um, We don't have any qualities that would make it seem like we're in our natural habitat because we have to build houses. We have to go find things. We can't just do things. So, you know, as human beings, religion is very sacred to every person, whatever their religion may be, because it would be a very sad life to live, to not believe that there's something after. Because if you live a life knowing that whatever you do here, it doesn't matter when you die because you die and you just end, then why live by a moral code? Then why be good if you just die and cease to exist? Just do your bit, pee all over, pee on every tree, kill every person, eat people, murder people, whatever. No big deal. I'm going to die. I really don't care because it'll just turn. Why do we strive to achieve things if there is nothing greater than us? There is, right? So religion has been weaponized. Again, again, the Islam religion, because it worked last time in Europe when they used it, right? So we have them being weaponized. But what we're missing is what we've been doing in the background. All the meetings that have been held, the meetings down in Kenya that we held, not, not what the house did, where they went, you know, down to Ghana. They're trying to mitigate is what we've been doing. Pompeo last week was in Bangkok. Where else did he go? He went, um, I'm trying to think. Where else did he go? He went to Bangkok. He went to um, Australia, right? Okay, because the Australians hate us. Uh, He went to so many places, right, last week. And you're like, he's just bouncing around the world. Where is he going and what is his purpose? Purpose is, are you on board with us or not? Australia's got beef with us, you know. Something, you know, we need to... Discuss Micronesia, Bangkok, Thailand, you know, all of these places. What does the Far East or the, you know, the the Asian islands out there, the Micronesian islands have to do with where we're going? It has to do with this weaponization. It has to do with, I need to suss you out if you're on board or not. Remember, a month ago, he was at the EU, but met with the Italians. Uh, he was down in the Middle East, met with Israel, met with Greece, met with Cyprus. Now all these meetings are happening on the, f- on, on, the, on the heels of that. It's weaponization of religion. So I'm going to play a bit of this clip just so that you guys understand just a, just a minute or so before we break so you can understand what's going on in Somalia because it is a focus. Structure of the armed forces. He has changed the central command of the armed forces. He has stopped illegally awarded tenders for the supply of goods to the armed forces. He has embarked on career-threatening measures to rebuild the Lions of Africa. The armed forces were once among the strongest army in Africa but they fell apart in 1991 at the fall of the military regime. Everything the armed forces owned was destroyed, including their glory-giving way to mushrooming clan militias, civil unrest, and rival group fighting, 
A quarter century later, after the federal government was constituted, there was no force to defend it and the country. Hence, the need for foreign troops. Amisom. Billions of dollars were spent on foreign forces for the 10 or so years they were in the country. But the government of the day never asked themselves until when these forces would be relied on. 50 years? A century? Or forever? When he first came to office, Prime Minister Hassan Ali Khair held a meeting with commanders of the armed forces. It then dawned on him that no one could account for the exact number of troops, their ammunition, areas of deployment, and their mode of operation. He therefore Okay, so before we break, I want you to remember that. So they, in 1991, when the military regime fell, so it wasn't a bad thing according to what Somali TV is saying, you know, the regime where it was Islam implemented, uh, run by the military, and they were a very strong military actually. Um, when they fell, everything was destroyed. So we had African, other African nations bring their own troops. We had the US bring troops. We had the UK bring troops. All these troops came in to supposedly be the troops for Somalia, kind of like what we're seeing where Turkey's like Libya's whatever. And so this guy comes in and he's ready to install military again. Why? Remember, Somalia, what people don't know, back in the 80s was super strong. Horn of Africa was under their thumb. We'll continue this right after the break. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn Jr., and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our Legal Defense Fund. Any donation is welcome. To donate, go to www.mikeflynndefensefund.org. Thank you, and God bless America. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My Pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable My Pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My Pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. My Pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. My Pillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. My Pillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go anywhere pillows that's four pillows for the price of one to take advantage of this special offer call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code red state that's 1-800-961-9194 promo code red state put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow the most comfortable pillow you will ever own for the best night's sleep in the whole wide world visit mypillow.com Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. 
If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219. All right, welcome back. So where were we on Somalia? So this prime minister, they're talking about how this prime minister when he came into office and they call him the lion of Africa, right? They are the lion of Africa. That is what the Somalis are known to be. You know this, right? This is their nickname, the lion of Africa, and is not a nickname for nada. Remember, the Somalis rule the Horn of Africa seas. They have the cojones with their stupid little dinghies to drive up to U.S. Navy ships. Now, again, I tell you, go to YouTube and put in Somali pirates, U.S. Navy. Some of them are really funny, even though, you know, people are being blown up. It It is really funny because you're thinking, like, where are you going, dude, with your three buddies? Like, you're going to come at, you know, a Navy frigate. Like, what's up? But they are lions. They have been known throughout the history of Africa, and that's the thing. People don't know the history of Africa. People in the United States and the rest of the world are in the dark when it comes to Africa, just like Africans are in the dark about us. This is why it's called the dark continent. Why? Why is it dark? Because no one's powering it. They don't have the knowledge or the ability to access what we can access. They don't have the cultural growth we have. So that makes them sitting ducks. But sitting ducks are not. They've got history and they've got cojones. It's kind of like the Greeks, right? Nobody expected the Greeks to hold off Hitler's army for almost two years, right? Two, almost two years. So he froze his butt off in Russia because he had to go down there because Mussolini couldn't get the job done when France fell in like what? Three days, an hour, right? Big allied countries fell immediately, but Greece stood their ground. Somalia's like that. Sticks and stones, they will mess you up. They are known as the lions of Africa for a reason. So here is Ilhan Omar's brother, the right-hand man to this prime minister, discovering then now they have all these soldiers, but they can't count them. They don't know who they are. Take a listen. Therefore, embarked on the biggest security exercise, armed forces reforms, an exercise that was hitherto not easy to undertake. There were over 30,000 troops on government payroll, paid salaries by the government, as well as food rations and ammunition, but upon actual verification could not be accounted for. Biometric Registration As a result, the government embarked on a biometric registration exercise that captured the biometric data of individual troops to avoid double registration. The exercise took seven months to complete the registration of all members of the armed forces across the country. Commander of the armed forces was for the first time able to identify each officer's full names, age, rank, health status, area of deployment, his bank details, 
official contacts, and his next of kin contact. Okay, are you understanding this? So they had armies out there. So they're talking 30,000 of their own people, not the external. Remember, uh, weeks ago I talked about how Turkey built their military training base and they have their military troops there representing Somalia. So what they did was they wanted a clean house so they can reorganize and create the regime that was once known as the Lion of Africa. So now that they're not so much in the dark, right now that they have someone that's guiding them. Hmm? I'm getting it? Now that that's in place, they are documenting them and they will have accountability to them and they are now going to tighten together. This, I mean, you could hear it happen. Take a listen. However, several members of the armed forces dissented and left the front line, and therefore the armed forces reform process was politicized. Several government officials previously involved in the process backtracked after realizing the extent of sensitivity of the process. But the prime minister answered them then with a quote that became popular within government circles. Even if it would mean losing my position, I will not relent from building a strong national army. Can we be a legitimate government if we listen to politicians with vested interests? The registration unearthed the rot in the armed forces. After it was realized, over 10,000 ghost officers were on government payroll, leading to the loss of $2 million per month, since salaries were withdrawn in cash from the central bank, making it prone to embezzlement. All members of the armed forces now receive their salaries without any intermediaries between each officer and the central bank, but directly through their bank accounts. Okay, did you hear that? So basically, the military people that were working were getting paid like, so say I was the general and you were my soldier, I would take the money and then just hand it over to you and take my cut, I guess. Now it's going from the Bank of Somalia straight into their bank accounts. Just listen to how disorganized, this is, this is why they're disorganized. I want you to pay attention. They were structured, they were a force to be reckoned with, and then they came in and destroyed their military junda. They expelled their leader who's sitting in Kenya, like right next door, right? Um, and then they used, they used, okay, to justify to the Muslims of Somalia. They used the Ethiopians, who if you remember in the 80s, we were raising money, hands across America. Guys, are you paying attention? Hands across America happened when Somalia was ready to be crushed by the Western world. Paying attention? All about Ethiopia, remember? And yet the Ethiopians were the ones that crashed Somalia down? Come on, man. The Ethiopians, yes, they brought their message of Christianity coming up into the nation, talking about it because they're, they're one of the most devout historical Christians. They're like ridiculously Christian. Like they're like monk Christian, okay? So they, they're like monks. <laughs> I've been, man, I'm just saying. It's, it's, it's another world. So anyway, they've like carved churches into cliffs. Like that's, anyway, I'm digressing. So the point here is, hands across America, Somalia is being crushed and now they're in disarray because they were a force to be reckoned with. You can't keep Africa in the dark if you've got 
an organized nation that is growing. Congo, we've destroyed them all. Mm. Not we as in you and I, but the cabal, okay? The people that ran our nation, the West in general, not just the U.S. because the U.K. is involved, right? And you know who helped them build this army? And it's going to say it in this. This is why I like this clip. It was the USSR that trained them. It was the USSR that helped them implement totalitarianism to stand up to what the plan was of this global order, uh, you know, from the early 1900s that was implemented by some people and then slowly rolled out after that, you know, dreaded night in 1914 where they discussed it and then the Fed happened and Social Security and it started. So... This is where we, the, the West, we, the West, destroyed a very strong military, a very strong unit in Africa that was reluctant to remain in the dark. And how did we do it? By creating chaos. They had no idea who was on payroll. They had no idea who was working. They had no idea who was military, who was terrorist, who was actually Somali, who was not they had no idea. This is what this video is telling you. Aside from their propaganda, because they're beefing up this prime minister, you know, to become president now because they're tired of Cheesehead, right? Uh, because he's more UN. They want to bring him in because he's bringing structure. Listen. Food rations. Delivery of food rations was also marred with corruption, making it difficult to account for. All suppliers were suspended and tenders re-advertised with a view to attracting quality suppliers based on actual troop numbers. This Wait, did you hear that? So they had contracts, and I'll tell you what the contracts were. They were USAID, they were foreign nations donations, and what did he say? We don't want your food, we're going to get quality. And to match how many actual troops we have. Listen to that. Quality. Very specific word. Quality. So they did not trust the stuff that they were getting. Keep in mind in 2017, President Trump ceased all aid to Somalia, right? This was another bull the PM has taken by the horns and succeeded. Officers are now assured of constant and enough quality food rations without any embezzlement of government funds. New commanders. The Armed Forces administrative structure was that of the Soviet Union forces. Since the Soviet Union played a key role in the establishment of the Somali National Army, but in order to modernize the forces, the administrative structure of NATO, which is currently the leanest and most modern in the world, was adopted. No one has hitherto attempted to improve the central command of the armed forces. Open recruitment was done for top positions in finance, logistics, and personnel. The positions were filled by youthful graduates of the armed forces colleges who extensively improved the forces administratively. Following a training needs assessment, special trainings were conducted to produce quality forces. Most of the trainings were offered by Turksong, while new ones would be conducted by the UK Training Center. What? Did you hear that? So Turksom, okay, so now it's happening. This is a now thing, right? This is post-2017. This is 2018, where it started. 2018, 
So we knew Turksom had gotten in in 2011, Turkey, right, where they built the base, they were feeding them, they were rebuilding their infrastructure, Muslim Brotherhood and all, support, because they are geostrategically selected. Mm. Where's the belly button? Middle East, Africa, right? We've talked about this. So now we're at the point where the United Kingdom has now stepped in to train them. Why would the United Kingdom rebuild the Lion of Africa that they took so long to destroy? And the answer is because we're making America great again. Listen. Registration of the armed forces is now complete. All their needs and requirements met. Corruption was contained. Quality trainings were given. And professional commanders installed. Today, operations are led by Somali armed forces, while this was previously done by AMISOM. The reform strategies and their outcomes was welcomed by the public. The forces help people on one hand and fight the enemy on the other. The reform was also lauded by Somalia's international partners, some of whom previously suspended their support for the National Army. The U.S. government, which offered the biggest military support to Somalia, suspended its support in 2017 following massive corruption in the armed forces. So in, um, in December, on December 14, 2017, the United States withdrew and suspended all food and fuel aid to Somalia's National Armed Forces because they were concerned about corruptions, a blow to the military as African peacekeepers are starting to withdraw. Mm. African peacekeepers were Amazon, you know, the African armies that were in there. Those were the peacekeepers. So they pulled out and they started to rebuild and the U.S. suspended food and fuel. That's where Ilhan Omar was having all her um, meetings, if you remember. Um, she was having all her meetings in 2017, if you remember. So it's really important that we remember things like that, that we understand just how things are panning out. But following successful implementation of Kair's reform agenda and strategies, they have acknowledged the tangible results and the U.S. has now resumed its support. Ah, did we miss that? Yes, we did. So the U.S. on July 2nd of this year said that it, it announced that it will partially resume the provision of security assistance to non-mentored units of the Somali National Army. Non-mentored meaning they're not being uh, fostered, trained, or supported by Turkey or the UK, that they're independent or whatever. And this, um, the fact that they're resuming it is implemented on a pilot basis uh, to see the critical transitions um, that are happening in Lower Shabelle. Now, we're not talking Somaliland and Somalia because they're supposedly indicated as different. But it's based on internal reforms that they are trying to do and that we're going to be inspecting and checking things. This is our way of trying to penetrate and understand the structure that they're building back because this would then offer us the ability uh, to understand and hold them accountable. Uh as well as predict. ...the tangible results, and the U.S. has now resumed its support. 
the armed forces reforms called for, tough decision-making, honesty, and selection of professional commanders with security background and free from corruption. Kair has spearheaded this journey, which could take years and needs to be maintained constantly in order to rebuild the Lions of the Horn of Africa. So this was on Somali TV. First things first, um, the video was kind of like a PowerPoint. They were using PowerPoint bullet points. It was more remedial, even though it was clean and tight. It was very remedial. It was all propaganda. And this is their subtle campaigning to have Kair actually become uh, the um, president of uh, Somalia. Now, the United States re-entering into some form of playground with them is a little bit off for me. Uh, looking at uh, the U.S. mission to Somalia, there's a, you know, there's a website where uh, a lot is being stated. Uh, we see that we don't have an ambassador to Somalia ourselves. Uh, we are actually, we don't have one since 2017 when uh, Yates was fired. So it makes you think like, okay, we don't have one because there's no embassy in Somalia. Actually, they would be sitting in um, Kenya. And if you look at their news, it has to do with uh, what we are doing for them. So, for example, uh we, it says that we have a U.S. ambassador to Somalia called Daniel Yamamoto. Uh, this is interesting because he's not even on the page. Um, but it actually said on the document that uh, there were six Somali business owners um, that went to the Gulf Foods Expo. So in Dubai, every year they have an expo uh, where they um, show the goods that they have um, to start trade. This is like more of an independent. It's kind of like where you go to trade expos. You invent something and you're there and you know big box you know companies like target or whatever check out your stuff and they're like oh yeah we'd like to place order this is the same thing so this is for the gulf meaning what horn of africa middle east again very strategic points and so this was the first time uh that um somalia actually had representatives to promote i don't know maybe their fufu flower their goat who knows but the bottom line is is that they were out there they're promoting more westernized ideas like somali business owners they're promoting more about women they created a law about it uh, because what they're trying to do is promote a more independent nation and the reason they want their independence is to fall back to where they are and that is the whole idea of al-shabaab as well so one might think so it doesn't sound bad if a country wants to be independent no it doesn't at all no it doesn't but when you see that a nation was at a point where the whole world came together. The biggest nations, the most uh, largest armies, the most influential nations like the United States, the United Kingdom, France, Germany, all of them came down to the Horn of Africa to destroy Somalia. It tells you what their goal was and that was to keep them in the dark the one thing that i can tell you about african history and specifically of that of somalia is that they are just like what i said what ruhani said oil for oil 
piece for piece, straight for straight. So having Ilhan Omar in the house where she condemned Black Hawk down, where she condemned the aid that we were providing, where she speaks low of American citizens is because they do not let it go. They will come back even fiercer. And the concern that I have is the African meeting of air quote leaders and specifically uh, one of them was in the companies that went to the Gulf Foods Expo which is the Moomin group Um, and they sat down and Obama trained them and we don't know what kind of training I mean we saw the videos of promotional stuff but we all know it's something else and they all discussed some sort of what What we do know is that we have massive NGOs that are owned and operated by the Clintons, Obama, Soros, etc. Oprah, celebrities that are supposedly building houses and helping women in Africa, which I don't doubt. They probably build a house. But this is where they're stashing cash and this is where they're organizing. Hey, I'm taking care of you. Now you take care of me. When you have a dark continent people that are not able to be as on the ball as you are because they they don't have access to the tech you have. They're not in the culture realm that you are at, you know, uh, culturally or as a society, they haven't developed to where you are at. You're going to have a problem. And this is exactly the same problem we saw when the West was paying for mercenaries in the Middle East during the whole Kuwait, Iraq, a Libya situation. And just like they keep saying, oh, well, when we pulled out, there was a vacuum. <laughs> this is the same thing, but only thing here now is that they are not mercenaries. They are fighting for their nation. They are not people you hired from other nations that just know how to fight, that are fighting for, you know, jihadism, okay? Or for, you know, going against the infidels. They are fighting everybody, who turned on their nation. And these people do not forget. And the fact that the, we have them infiltrating our nation is big. And I'll, and I'll give you where the heads up is. So in Europe, there is a huge Somali invasion as well, importing refugees. There's one specific company in Greece, believe it or not, that has brought so many Somalis that if you tell the government of Greece that you're Somali, they'll just give you free stuff. You want a free house, here's food. But they have tons of homeless Greek people with the you know, 75% taxation that the European Union has placed upon the citizens. They get absolutely nothing. Now, this is an NGO in Africa that this guy owns that is bringing these Somalis to Athens and and Salonika. Salonika is up north uh, by the borders of Turkey. Uh, Now, uh, like Alex and Drupali and stuff like that. So up there, they have been strategically placed as of April of 2019. And you have to think of yourself, why would they import 5,000 Somalis, right, to northern Greece, specifically at the point where the U.S. was delivering 80 military choppers, right? Somalis who will always side with the Turks. Somalis in the same spot where those Turkish officers ran away from Turkey when they were orchestrating the coup against Erdogan. Somalis standing right there. Hmm. Now his NGO that is helping all these refugees also has a company 
and it's a for hire security firm. These are sailors that supposedly escort boats that are going through the Horn of Africa to not be attacked by pirates. It's based out of London. So here we have a deal. You come up here, fight for us, and you let us pass through the horn with no problems. I'm pointing this out so you understand the underlying war that has been brewing. I've been talking about it since November, and I've said that the war is brewing and it's Turkey at the center. Tomorrow's meeting between Israel, Cyprus, Greece, and the United States is going to be key. Because right now, Turkey has already claimed that they will be pushing into Syria and taking out Kurdish people that we are funding, that we are supporting, that they are helping us so that way we don't have our troops in there. But the plan isn't about just killing the Kurds. It's about having that direct access border-wise with Iran, and people are not getting it. These are the things that our news should be telling us. They should be telling us how there are real problems coming ahead, how there is war brewing, how the UN is pulling out of Libya. It is a hot mess how we have a country you know, illegally drilling oil in other nations' waters and saying, tough cookie, I acknowledge it, I don't care if you don't. You know, this is a big deal. It is a very big deal. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. You know, my two hours just went so quickly because I wanted to further inform you of China's presence, uh, you know, in Africa that has just suddenly beefed up. So while we're distracted, and I'm not saying it's not a a legit distraction because there were deaths and murders, we need to understand the problem isn't guns, it isn't laws, it is society, but we have to also see that there is a huge storm brewing. And this is indicative from Obama's visit, from the Congress visit that they had in Ghana, and then from this so-called Google climate change meeting in Europe. They're all planning to counter our actions to bring peace. On that note, I wish you guys a great evening. God bless from all of us here at Red State, and I'll see you tomorrow, 12 to 2, same time, same place. Down in Tennessee, a long way from the suits in DC, but close enough now to see this mess. Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper. They grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper, just to bury my kids right up to their necks.